0: This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website, william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. On January 1st, 2012, my family and I made the very difficult decision to leave the religion of my family. This was no small decision. Our faith was more than a religion, it was our community. We knew that the message practiced emotional shunning, often physical shunning, and that many of our friends and family would abandon us for leaving. In 2012, before beginning the historical examination of William Branham's message cult following, we started a full and complete doctrinal examination of each iteration of William Branham's stage persona. This recording was made public between the years 2012 and 2018 and was part of that examination. It may not reflect our current religious beliefs, views, or opinions, and may not include the latest information. It does, however, capture the mindset of a person seeking freedom from the cult following. And is being shared as a tool to help others seeking freedom as well as those examining the message cult mindset to assist in the deprogramming and the transition of cult members today i'd like to discuss the subject a different jesus this is a subject that has really been bothering me deeply for the past year because I have many friends and family members who are still trapped into this cult, and the question that I always seem to fight back in my mind is, are they saved? Paul says in Corinthians 2.18, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of, of angels, going on in detail about his visions, puffed up without reason, by his sensuous mind this is a very scary statement disqualifying means that you can't finish the race because you violated the rules asceticism means to deny yourself things that you might enjoy for a purpose of holiness worship of angels William Branham even prayed to his angel so I asked myself Are my friends and family members disqualified? Honestly, this reminds me of the Corinthians. The people of Corinth were easily swayed, and Paul continually wrote the Corinthians and tried to put them back on track. In one of his letters, he rebukes the Corinthians with this statement, If someone comes to you and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, Paul, or if you received a different spirit from the one that you received, meaning the one they received when Paul was there, or if you accept a different gospel than the one that you've accepted, you put up with it readily enough, he says, meaning that they were so swayed that they would listen to something else even though they had accepted the real gospel of Jesus Christ. This thought really astounded me when you consider the many strange things that I had been taught about Jesus that simply aren't in the Bible was the angel that William Branham had with him Christ or was it a different spirit let's find out in 1955 William Branham says this he says Michael meaning the archangel was Christ of course who fought the angelic wars in heaven with the devil So I asked myself, is Jesus Christ an archangel, as Branham claimed? Or, is Jesus Christ the eternal God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, as the Bible says? Researching the statement with other cults of the past, I found this teaching was not William Branham's divine revelation. It's actually a teaching of Charles Taze Russell, of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Studying the works of Charles Taze Russell, I found many, many teachings that I grew up with that were the divine revelation of this other false prophet, Charles Taze Russell, and he created another cult. In studying this, I found something else very interesting. Jehovah's Witnesses deny the power of God by limiting the full nature of God. They teach three main points. Number one. Jesus of the New Testament is Jehovah of the Old. Number two, Jesus was a man when he was born, but he turned into God when John baptized him. Number three, Jesus died on the cross as a man. Now, studying this, I know that Jehovah of the Old Testament is God, and Jesus is God. However, The twisting of the word Jehovah is what comes into focus. Around the 13th century, the term Jehovah appeared first when Christian scholars took the consonants of Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, and they pronounced it with vowels of Adonai. The resulting sound was YAHOAH, which has a Latin spelling of Jehovah. The first recorded use of this spelling was in, 19, in uh, 1270 by a Spanish Dominican monk. His name was Remundus Martini. And this troubled me. This, these things were the exact things that I had been taught in the message of William Marion Branham. If Jesus Christ died on the cross as a man, could a man bear my sins? Wouldn't it take God to bear my sins? And so I asked myself, was this a different Jesus? William Branham says this, 1950, they can't realize the presence of this great thing, Jehovah of the Old Testament, Jesus of the New. 1956, he says this, and John said, I bear record of him seeing the spirit of God like a dove coming down and abiding on him. Hallelujah, there you are. The dove and the lamb united together. That's when God and man became one. And it caught me. That's when God and man became one. He goes on, he says, That's when the heavens and the earth embraced each other. Hallelujah. That's when God was made flesh it seems to me that the Bible says that when Christ came into the earth, the baby even was made flesh, God dwelling among us. Let's continue. He says, William Branham says, that's when all eternity embraced each other. That's when the human race fallen of Adam's people and Jehovah God and every angel came together. When God and man was made one on that great memorial. On that day when John baptized Jesus. It's striking because that's exactly what Charles Taze Russell said. 1960, he says this When he was at the last cry, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, that was a man. And that struck me. On the cross, that was a man. when Branham continues Why hast thou forsaken me? In the Garden of Gethsemane, The anointing left him, you know. He had to die as a sinner. Now that seems to deny the gospel of Jesus Christ. If Christ had to come, live a perfect life, and die for our sins, did he really die a sinner? William Branham continues, He died as a sinner. You know that. Not his sins, but mine and yours. So that statement makes sense. But... He's having Jesus Christ die as a man. William Branham says, That's where love come in, how he took mine. Oh, hallelujah, he took mine. So, I had to ask myself, Why was William Branham teaching the doctrine of the Jehovah's Witnesses? And is this a different Jesus? Let's find out. Let's review Hebrews 1, start to finish, in context. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Through him also he created the world. And I thought, wow, I had read this before, but I would never caught it. Who now speaks to us, the prophets or Christ? Paul says the Son of God speaks to us. He also says through whom he also created the world. Is his son God or his son an archangel? Let's find out. Paul continues. He says, He is the radiance of glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by by the word of his power after making purification for sins God, making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For which the angels did God ever say? Which of the angels did God ever say? You are my son. Today I have forgotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. So let me get this straight. If William Branham taught that Jesus is an angel, and Paul said that the father told his angels to worship him, does that mean that an angel worshipped an angel? Let's keep reading. Of the angels, he says, He makes his wings, angels' wings. He makes his, I'm sorry, he makes his angels' wings and his ministers a flame of fire. But the Son of God says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprighteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So if Paul gives a clear separation between the Son of God and an angel, Is this teaching of the Jehovah's Witnesses that Branham copied from Charles Taze Russell the same message that Paul preached? Let's find out. He says this, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. So if Christ was the one who laid the foundation of the world, if Christ was the creator, and if Christ was eternal, having no beginning, having no end, could he not have been God when he was born in fact it almost sounds like Paul is speaking directly to William Branham arguing with him and rightfully so William Branham claimed that he taught the same message as Paul preached listen to how this chapter ends and to which of the angels has he ever said sit at my right hand and until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So I ask you, why did William Branham teach a different Jesus? Since William Branham claimed that this angel was Jesus Christ, and all of his prophecy came from his angel, how does that teaching align with the words of Paul? Were we listening to a fallen angel instead of Jesus Christ?